And welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour Podcast. I'm Brian Grady, editor of Pro Farmer and the leader of the eastern leg of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. Joining me this afternoon for our discussion is Jeff Wilson, Senior Market Analyst at Pro Farmer and the the western tour leg of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. Welcome, Jeff. How are you doing this afternoon, buddy? Good, Brian. Looks like uh, this week's report has a little bit for both of us to consider before we head out in a couple weeks. Oh, there's all kinds of things to consider, man. There's there's a million variables this year, um, some of which are covered in the uh, weekly crop condition and, and progress data from USDA, some of which are not, and uh, we'll get to some of that later on. But uh, I want to start off, kick off this uh, with the condition and, and progress data here. We'll, we'll start with corn. Corn silking, we finally moved past three-quarters silking on the crop at 78%. That's a 20 percentage point jump from the previous week, but still well behind the normal of 93%. So 15 percentage points behind the 2014 to 2018 average there. Uh, Jeff, what what sticks out to you when you look across the uh, state-by-state breakdown on the corn silking? Uh, Well, Wisconsin and Michigan at... uh 53% and 44% respectively. Those guys are pretty far behind, and that gets cold up there a lot earlier than it does in Missouri or Kansas. So uh, Definitely. Yeah, no doubt about it. Ohio, it's at 53% as well. Uh, as we look through these numbers, um, you know, Indiana, 60%. Those two states are somewhat protected by the, the Great Lakes, though, so th- they do get a little bit of a benefit from that, uh, a little bit longer growing season typically. Um, but like you mentioned, those, those northern states, Wisconsin, Michigan, boy, that those crops got to go, and they, uh, you know, they need extra weeks here. We're not talking an extra week or, or two. They need multiple weeks to, to get to the finish line, and, and obviously a concern at this point in time, um, ongoing concern with farmers. Uh, the marketplace, based on the price action, would indicate that uh, they're not overly concerned at this point. Uh, corn in the dough stage, it improved 10 points to 23%. However, that's still 19 points behind the the four or the, excuse me the five year average of 42 percent. Um, pretty much the same stage, Jeff. You want to run down some of those numbers there that uh, really stick out to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always just worried about the northern areas. I mean, North Dakota's one percent dough, 14 percent average. South Dakota seven percent versus 31 percent average. Minnesota 15 percent versus 34 percent. I mean, even Iowa, 20% compared to 42%, you know, that's half of normal. Wisconsin, 4%. Michigan, 2%. Ohio, only 9%. And Illinois, coming in at 29%, is uh, almost half of the 58% average. So everyone's pretty far behind. And, uh, you know, it's got a long way to go. And we're going we're gonna to see some immature crops when we go out and tour these fields next in two weeks. Definitely, and you bring that up. Uh, two weeks is the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. We'll be in fields across the uh, seven tour states from Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, South Dakota, and Nebraska uh, from August 19th through the 
second. And uh, um, those will be the, the four days that we pull samples from those uh, seven states. Uh, roughly, it'll be about 1,400 corn samples and 1,400 soybean samples. Uh, at the end of that week on Friday, uh, at 1.30 Central Time on that Friday, August 23rd, Pro Farmer will release our crop estimates for both corn and soybeans. And I know that uh, you and Chip last week talked about that and went in-depth a little bit about how that works. Uh, the crop tour data Monday through Thursday is 100% data coming out of the field. And uh, the estimates from Pro Farmer on Friday take into account that data plus everything else that comes in into uh, play, acreage and how we think the crop will finish and yields in areas outside of uh, the tour states and those types of things. And, and because you talked about last week, we don't need to go in-depth this week, but uh, just a, a reminder uh, that we are two weeks away from being in the field. So uh, boots on the ground, and, and we'll be pulling roughly 1,400 corn and soybean samples, like I said. Um, getting back to the uh, the conditions now, this week, uh, USDA dropped their uh, corn condition rating by a point. Uh, we now sit at uh, 57% good to excellent versus 58% last week. On the uh, poor to very poor ratings, it's uh, 13%. That's up one point from last week. So um, you know, what's your takeaway there, Jeff, on, on the state-by-state uh, -state breakdowns? Anything that really sticks out to you? Illinois is down another three percentage points from a week ago. Only 41% good to excellent, and that's down from 81% a year ago, so half, and 72% on average for the past five years. That one kind of stuck out, even though it's been going in that way, but it's just it's such a major producing state. Uh, you know, Iowa went up a percentage point to 66% good to excellent, but that's still 10 percentage points behind the five-year average. I was a little surprised the Nebraska crop went down this week four percentage points, uh, you know, I've heard that there is some dry areas starting to develop, and this clearly shows that it's, it's starting to show up because it's, it also spread into Colorado and Kansas. Their crop ratings dropped 3% in Kansas and 6% uh, in, in Colorado. So I guess I wasn't prepared to see that big of a drop out in the western areas. And, uh, you know, South Dakota actually improved a little bit. I think that's partially related to the crop's starting to catch up a little bit more but uh you know the the, the uh, minnesota crop improved a tad but we still got o ohio's at uh 34 unchanged i mean that's that's almost half of what it, the average is and uh uh indiana's unchanged at 36 percent rated good to excellent compared to 64 percent the prior five years so the areas that have been you know a problem the eastern belt from ohio all the way across to Missouri, they still remain a problem. But some of these areas out west of Nebraska, Kansas, and Colorado was a little bit of a surprise. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just got done plugging these numbers into the weighted pro farmer crop condition index and, and how that works is we just take USDA's weekly ratings and, and plug those in each state, and then it's weighted by the state's production. So, uh, for instance, uh, Illinois carries a lot more weight than, than say, um, Missouri does, and Missouri carries more weight than Colorado and so on and so forth uh, because of the production in each of those states. Uh, and really what we're looking at here is a 1.9% decline 
uh, week over week. Uh, the CCI for corn now sits at 350.2. Uh, and, and here's the, the shocking one. It's 27.6 points below the five-year average. So while it declined slightly this week, 1.9 points, it's you know significantly below the five-year average. No surprise there, I guess, uh, from the standpoint that you know, we know that there's there's crop damage out there this year. We know all that stuff. Uh, we also know that USDA's condition ratings are basically a look test, and how's the crop look? Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I traveled uh, from Cedar Falls here in northeast Iowa down to Des Moines last week, and from Des Moines uh, I went southeast into uh, Missouri and down to St. Louis and uh, made the loop back and and crops in general i thought looked pretty good along that route probably better than i anticipated especially the corn soybeans are still short uh and you know who knows uh what's going to happen with the beans although we do know the days are getting shorter uh gradually day by day here um but uh you know i thought you know 75 mile an hour uh from the road it the crop, the corn crop, looked pretty good. It probably looked a little bit better as as a whole uh, across Iowa than what I anticipated. Northeast Missouri, uh, they got some issues. There's a lot of prevent plant in those areas, but uh, um, you know, so we'll see how it all shakes out. But uh, obviously, I didn't get into the poorer areas. I wasn't in South Dakota. I wasn't in a lot of Missouri. I also wasn't out in the Eastern Corn Belt on that track, and and uh, uh, so. You know, I'm hesitant to to put too much weight into what I saw uh, through the state of Iowa, but the crop looked a little bit more uniform than what I anticipated it to, to be honest with you. Um, Jeff, I know you you live in the Milwaukee area. You made uh, several treks across uh, southern Wisconsin there and and into northern Iowa. Uh, What's some of your observations of what you've seen so far? You know, it. It looks a lot better than it did a month ago. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't oh think gosh, it, yes, definitely. It, I mean, a month ago, I didn't think we even harvest any corn. Now, we, you know, the ears are already forming. It's already, a lot of it's already pollinated. Uh, you know, the beans still look pretty ragged. It's the bean crop that's kind of scary. You know, and then you talk to people in different states, and they'll say the same thing. And the corn has been able to come back a little bit. The, you know, we had that heat, it got going, got some roots down, then it's been cool during pollination. So I think pollination is going to go okay. Now we just need to worry about how that grain fill is going to be. And uh, given how late these crops are, I think it's going to be it's going to be a tough, tough number to come up with uh, when we're out there looking at crops in two weeks. Oh, it, it's going to be extremely difficult from our perspective, but it, it's still, you know, we have to do it, and it's it's what we do on Crop Tour. Um, I I think, and I've said this for weeks, if not months, that we'll learn a lot about you know genetics this year. Everybody talks about the genetics, but um, we'll learn a, a whole heck of a lot about the genetics in the bag uh, when this growing season is done. And, and quite honestly, we may never know fully um, you know what the crop size is in, until harvest is done. Uh, I, I think we're looking at something late in the fall um, before we have a, a real good handle on on what the crop size is because we're still trying to figure out acreage in addition to yield and you, you need both of those to figure out what your production is so um, it's going to be yeah. really you know it's going to be interesting when we were out there on crop tour from the standpoint that USDA is not going to give us a, a an ear count in the August crop report like they normally do so our ear count is going to be a good a good barometer of what is the potential factory out there 
And I think that's one key number that people should, you know, keep a, a, a very close watch on when we're out touring these fields. Yeah, definitely. Very good point there. Very good point. You mentioned the soybean crop and, and uh, the struggles that it has. I want to switch there. Uh, soybeans blooming. 72%, 72%. We're not even three-quarters of the crop blooming at this point in time. And here we sit on August uh, 5th. Uh, so we're into the first week of August, and, and uh, we still have 28% of that crop that's yet to bloom. Uh, obviously, some major concerns there. Do you want to run down some of those states that uh, are most at risk? Oh, I'm, I, I'm even more scared by the number of soybean-setting pods. It was only 37% compared to 63% on average. So, I mean, those crops got a long way to go. I mean, clearly that's a good and bad thing because, you know, you get perfect weather and you get an extra long growing season. Maybe you can do a lot better, but the factory doesn't look like it's there right now. But uh, overall, you know, when you, when you start looking at these numbers, uh, say Illinois, 72% uh, are, are blooming. That's normally 90%. Iowa is 78%, normally 91%. Nebraska, 78%, normally 91%. So you can see in those three states, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're fairly far behind. The big states that, that are, you know, continuing to be concerned, Ohio, only 55% blooming compared to 85%. And you got the uh, Indiana at uh, 37% compared to 88%. So, uh, you know, that eastern belt still way far behind. Uh, I mean, even, even Minnesota is uh, 69% uh, blooming right now compared to 93%. That might be something to really be concerned about because if, if you get a freeze up there early, that could cause some problems. Definitely, and you, you mentioned the pods uh, well behind, uh, 63% on average and, and only 37 percent uh setting pods at this point in time so uh, a long way to go for this soybean crop switching gears a little bit to the conditions uh we see that uh, the condition ratings were absolutely unchanged this week on soybeans still nine percent is uh, rated excellent 45 percent good uh that gives us a a 54 percent uh, total for the good to excellent categories Poor, very poor remains at uh, 10% poor and 3% very poor for 13% there, the, the exact same as what they were last week. So so no changes. Um, on the weighted pro-farmer crop condition index there for soybeans, it actually improved nine-tenths of a point to 339.3. Um, but like corn, still well behind its five-year average, 24.6 points behind the, the five-year average from 2014 to 2018. So uh, a soybean crop that uh, obviously is struggling, and, and you mentioned it earlier, Jeff, uh, it, it's a short crop. We have seen a little bit of height uh, in that crop over the you know, past couple of weeks, uh, gain a little bit there. But uh, uh, you know, overall, it, it's significantly short crop, especially compared to recent years. And, and I think that that's probably making it look even shorter than, than what it uh, might normally have appeared if we hadn't had some of those big bushy crops the, the past couple of years. I really think the places that have improved are the places that got some rain in the past two weeks because there's a you know there's a fairly large area from parts of eastern Nebraska, parts of Iowa, into Illinois, Missouri, Indiana, Ohio that just haven't haven't got a rain, and those are the beans that are really struggling from what I've been told by growers that I've spoken with the last two weeks. 
And then that clearly shows up when you when you see the uh, you know forty percent rated good to excellent in Illinois, thirty six percent in Indiana, twenty nine percent in Ohio, and forty seven percent in in Missouri. So uh, you know it's still that eastern belt that continues to be uh, a worrisome area. Uh, but the, the the delay in this crop uh, may be starting to become a little bit of a concern for some growers in the West and and just need a longer growing season. Well, longer, and you mentioned the uh, the rains. Uh, let's go into the soil moisture ratings, and and I think that that's something that the market has a blind eye to right now, uh, just not paying attention. And part of that's because we were really hot in the first half of uh, July, and then temperatures moderated pretty significantly in the in the last half of July. So I think those moderating temps that the last uh, couple weeks here have really kind of allowed the market to uh, ignore, I guess is the best word, uh, the lack of rainfall in some of these areas. But when we look at the overall uh, soil moisture ratings, um, we dropped significantly. We went from 69% uh, rated surplus to adequate uh, last week to now only, uh, what is that, 63%. So a pretty significant reduction there. Uh, some of those states, you know, you look across the uh, the Corn Belt, Illinois is 43% adequate to surplus, and uh, 41 points of that is, is in the adequate. Uh, so only two is surplus, and that's after all the, the flooding that they had and, and ponding and, and those types of issues. Uh, Indiana, 50%. Um, you know, you go across the river into Iowa, and it jumps up to 69%. Um, but uh, where's Ohio here, it's 62%. So they're still relatively wet there. But it, through that uh, that central corn belt, uh, you know, Illinois, Indiana, and, and parts of Iowa, it's, it's dry and, and something that the market probably needs to start paying attention to. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, the other thing is there's been a lot of other news around. I mean, it's like, Cool temperatures, we don't need to really worry about the soil moisture, but it you had the evaporation rate, and it, it was enough that it's starting to show up now. Uh, even the drought monitor last week showed those areas in parts of uh, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, and, and Missouri starting to show, you know, moderately dry conditions. Not a drought, but moderately dry. Hey Jeff, before we wrap up this afternoon, I you know I want to talk a little bit, and and we've taken this last segment of, of these podcasts, uh, the the three previous weeks, to to talk about crop tour questions and those types of things, and and things that we've seen on social media, questions, concerns, uh, how we'll do things, the procedural stuff. Um, one of the things that that's a key component of crop tour is USDA's participation. They you know, actively participate, and they want to be out there. They want to be out in the field with their, their boots on the ground so they have another data set to use, uh, not necessarily that they, they use the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour data um, all by itself, but it, it's just a, another way of them gathering information. Um, on your side this year, you're going to have Chris Hawthorne, who signs off on the corn numbers for the national um, national base there uh, for NAS. And Jeff Lemons will be on my side, and he's the oilseed guy, and, and he signs off on the oilseed, uh, national oilseed numbers and soybean number included in that. Uh, so, you know, the big dogs from USDA are out there with us, 
And uh, I think one of the key components, and I've done this on my side for years, I'm not sure what you guys do on the western side exactly, but uh, um, I get them up in front, whichever one's participating with me, I I get them up in front of the uh, audience each night, and, and, and they can fire questions at them. And they do. And, and uh, Chris and, and Jeff and, and the others who have participated, along with the state statisticians uh, from each of the states, I have Ohio represented with uh, Cheryl Turner, Greg Matley from Indiana, uh, Mark Schleusner uh, comes from Illinois, Greg Thiessen comes from Iowa, and, and they all participate. They all stand up there, they a- answer questions, um, and they're very, very much transparent and, and they're troopers about it. And I think that's a key component of that uh, nightly meeting, uh, it, you know, an added benefit. You get to hear the guys that, that uh, put together the numbers uh, stand in front and tell you how they do it, how their process is, is the same, how it's different from what we do on the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. They, they tell you everything that they possibly can uh, in terms of their process and procedure, and, and I think that that's a key component. Uh, would you agree with that, Jeff? Oh, 100%. And, and I don't know how, how long ago you started doing that, but it, I just remember when they first started, you know, having those guys come up and talk, everyone in the audience just enjoyed it. And, and for even for us that have been out on the tours, like, wow, that's, that's really brave of them, first of all, to get up there. But more importantly, it just shows that they, they're not holding back anything. They're, you know, they, they want to know how close they are to the estimate when they made it in, in, the, in August. And they want to make it even better by the time they get to September, October, November. So I think it's great that they're out there. And I think, you know, the the people that go to the meetings, uh, if they have a problem with what they think USDA does, they're going to tell you exactly how it's done. And it may change your mind about how, how, uh, how accurate they are and, you know, how, how, how scientific they are about making those crop estimates. Well, and just the transparency unto itself is, is mm-hmm. in my opinion, the, the most valuable because they don't hold back. They don't hide anything. They, you know, everything that they can tell us, they tell us. And, and you know, I, I talk to them privately on a regular basis, and I can tell you that, that everything that they have shared with me in private emails, phone conversations, those type of things, they share in front of those crop tour meeting groups. So um, all you have to do is ask, and, and they'll answer. If they can't answer the question for whatever reason, um, they'll tell you that. But uh, you know, ninety-nine percent of the questions that come in, they can they can answer, and they do answer. And and I think that that's a critical component. Jeff, you got anything you want to leave us with? Any thoughts, words of wisdom? Um, Anything on on uh, how your Brewers performed against the Cubs over the past three days? Anything like that? Yeah, my brothers all sent me a broom sweep in Texas weekend. So yeah, it's, it wasn't it wasn't a very happy weekend here in the Wilson household to the north, but to the east and to the south, they were very happy about what happened. But I guess my final word is, you know, we we need some rain. That's the bottom line, and we need some rain pretty darn soon uh, across this area from. Parts of uh, from parts of Iowa through Ohio, and uh, that that's going to be the watch this week. And uh, some of the, I think some of the rebound we saw today in the marketplace, in the face of all the uh, tit for tat U.S. Chinese Chinese trade war banter that we had over the last four days, it just shows you that I think the market is starting to come around to the idea that you know maybe this crop, uh, while stable, well, might have stabilized in the last few weeks. 
it's starting to see some stress again. Yep, watch those rains that, that uh, may develop from here on forward. Watch the soil moisture ratings because we're filling grain. We're trying to set pods. Uh, key time frame, obviously, for these crops. I'd, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour podcast, Season 2, Episode 4. I'd also like to put out a huge thank you to our sponsors, Pioneer, which is the premier sponsor not only of this podcast, but also the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. Support there with uh, supporting sponsors from IBM, RCIS, RAM, Aerovironment, Titan Tires, Farm Credit Services of America, and Farm Mobile. Thank you for listening. For Jeff Wilson, Western Tour leader of the Midwest Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour and Senior Market Analyst at Pro Farmer. I'm Brian Grady, editor of Pro Farmer and the leader of the eastern leg of the Midwest Pro Farmer Crop Tour. <laughs>